Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'll be your host as always. Delighted to be joined tonight by Graham Curry. Graham, how are you? Hi Colin, very well, thank you. Thanks for joining us. So Graham, um, before we get into any of the, the current Rangers affairs um, on the park, this is the first podcast we've done in a couple of weeks. We had a, had a bit of an impromptu gap last week. And we've been recording since... The news that uh, former Rangers manager uh, Walter Smith. Hey, um, it's at the time of recording. It's Tuesday, the second of November. His funeral is due to take place in the uh, Wednesday, the third, so tomorrow morning. Um, I mean, I really, I I don't know about yourself, Graham. I listen to a lot of Rangers podcasts. I read a lot of blogs, and I can only can only really echo some of the heartfelt tributes that have went out. Um, there's been a lot of great coverage just about how much what I've meant to, to Rangers Football Club, the players, the staff and the fans. Um, you're, you're also a wee bit older than me. Uh, you would have remembered him in the first, uh, the first time around. So how you can only imagine you must see him as a, the Rangers gaffer as well. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. He is my Rangers manager. I was I seen a couple of games at Ibrox when Sunis was a manager. Vague memories of it, but um, for me, the Rangers manager as and always will be Walter Smith. He was the he was the one that led us through such a golden period in our history. Showed his great football, absolutely fabulous style of football that he showed us. Took us on some amazing journeys. Nine in a row, 92-93 season was, you know, a highlight for me at that age was just to see my team almost conquer Europe. Take us, it took us so far in Europe and done great things. Um, so I, it was a sad loss last week, um, sad news to receive. I think he's been dignified in his, um, his sickness. I don't think there's been any fuss about it. There's been no... It's not been widely publicised at all that he'd been ill. He had been, and, and that's what I mean. It's just it's um, it's in line with his character. That that's that's kind of the way he was. He just to me, that's the way a Rangers employee, well, a Rangers manager, but any Rangers employee should carry themselves out like that. Um, and he he epitomised that he always held himself up to the highest standards, held his players up to the highest standards. Um, but I will be a, a big loss 
because he's been he's been about the club recently. He's, you know, he's been doing the Rangers TV and things. So it's not as if he's a, a manager that's faded away into the distance. He's he's been part of the club. But it, it was his club. It has been his club for years, and you know he lived the dream, being able to manage the club. And uh, yeah, a real, a real sad, sad uh, piece of news that we got last week. Is and I think I find uh, there was a, a a tweet a few months ago during the during the pandemic when Graham Sinistan wore Smith where. Uh, on Rangers TV and afterwards there's a picture of Stephen Gerrard chain both hands and somebody put it out there's um there's Stephen Gerrard and Graham Sooners with the Rangers manager and just really sums up what you said about we I think we all in our hearts of hearts see him as the epitome of a Rangers manager and the class and dignity and and stature that comes with that. Um you know I, I've always said it's uh, my, my big regret not not being old enough to remember any of the nine, nine in a row um, or Walter Smith's uh, first tenure in, in general. Um, Dick Advocate was the first Rangers manager that I remember. But when I, I mean, tried to show this to, to younger people like that, what we all sit next to the eyebrows. Um, when, when, when I was younger and Advocate was the Rangers manager, then I was be cliche. I always knew about Walter Smith being a Rangers legend. Probably the, the closest thing I could probably sum it up here right now is John Gregg. Um, or the closest person I should say. I was not. I, I, I've only been told and I've only I've only heard and tried to understand how much uh, an impact John Gregg had all those years. Probably really similar to me growing up and just knowing that this guy who went on to be the Everton manager, I remember that, and he was Alex Ferguson's number two in Scotland manager. I just always knew that, wow, he's he's a legend to my club, and there was always that mystery about, I wonder what would have been like to in supporting Rangers and actively following the team when he was there, and by God, that was... You don't get too many second chances in life, and I got it. Um, I got to see Ranger, got to see Walter Smith, a Walter Smith Rangers side, and um, at a time when the club desperately needed um, direction and a father figure, and you know, like hope. Um, you know, he got to stay Manchester. He got three in a row, and I'm, I'm forever grateful that I, I, I got a, I see a glimpse. Of, you know, what my dad had seen and what what the uh, people who brought me up following Rangers, what they spoke about, I finally managed to understand, wow, that this is what they meant. Yeah, it just it, it's such a great football brain as well. You know, it's <clears throat> he came through at Dundee United as a player and took his coaching badges early and I um learnt a lot through Jim McLean. Dundee United did a really good side in the eighties as well. Not that I seen them or anything, but you know, um, I, I was aware. Also, I, I like my football history and stuff like that, so I was aware of how good Dundee United were and how that was down to McLean and Smith. They they coached so very well. Again, got Dundee United very close to a, a European Cup final at the time as well. And they were actually cheated at the at their um at their place by a dodgy ref, but. I, he had a great football brain. He was also well respected because even at a young age, you know, he's assistant manager at a very young age. He's getting brought into Scotland squads at a young age. You know, he's, he's um, Alex Ferguson brings him in to be his assistant in the 1986 World Cup. Um, that's where he sort of got to know Sunus a wee bit better and, you know, they, they struck it off. But well respected within the game. Um he knew so much about the game, he knew so much about football, how to set teams up, how to coach, how to get the best out of players. Um, I, I see him as quite, and this is just my, this is just my um, impression of him, is he seemed very serious, he seemed like a very serious man. And that's because I really only tend to think about the football. I just I look at the football and that's it. So, that's my only real impression I get him. But 
listening to all the you know tributes that have come out in the last week is it's such a great sense of humour. He was a great laugh and he was a great person to be around as well. So not that I doubted it, but you know my impression of him was just a steadfast, staunch, all about the football type guy. But um, yeah, the tributes coming out this week have been fantastic. They've been come far and wide as well. You know, it's not just within the Scottish game that he was respected. He's, he's respected all over all over Europe and all over the world where, where people recognise what he's what he's done. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, one of the ones I'm sure you're aware of is that Pep Guardiola had come out and he was praising him. And, you know, you don't realise that he's actually been advising. He's a technical advisor for other managers. And I didn't, I didn't know that about him, you know. I didn't know he had these other roles. So he's, he's um, and that's where that respect throughout the game comes from because he's, he's, um, he's generous with his time. Um, but I, a fantastic, fantastic manager. He's, he's my Rangers manager and always will be. And uh, the whole Rangers family, um, absolutely lost a, Lost a legend in the club, um, the greatest manager in the in the modern era, and a proper, a proper Rangers are great. And for everyone in the gallant few, we can only really pass on um, our best wishes and our thoughts with um, family and his model. Um, it's very, very difficult to try and move on to anything else when something like that puts life into perspective, but we'll. Moved swiftly on to the, to the Rangers team. So the we we had a I should say we had a, a very, very well deserved minute silence for Walter Smith against Aberdeen on last Wednesday night. Um for both sets of fans, I, I think it's fairly safe in what I heard in the Copeland Rio. Um and then the game itself was um I don't know <laughs> I know you were coming back for your travels for him, but it was uh it was a bit of a mixed an emotional night um and a bit of a, a roller coaster is to start to finish. But start right at the very start then um, Rangers got off to the worst possible of the game. Um, I think it was in ten, fifteen minutes we were two 0 down. And we'll probably going to talk about this um in the Motherwell game as well, but this has been quite consistent. In an inconsistent Rangers side this season where we choose to take 20, 30 minutes to get going. Uh, it's, it's a very strange thing that's happening. It's we're no coming out of the traps. Um, I think back to the Malmo game as well. When we, the second half, first five minutes of the second half. And it's just like a slow start. It's like, why is no going for it right from the off? And that was, you know, you're right, I didn't see the game live on um, Wednesday night, but I watched the game. I watched the full uh, game, but I uh, just very slow. There was no no impetus. There was no no sort of, no, no speed about it. And I don't think you can put that into the atmosphere and the, the crowd or anything like that. that you know, that because it's been like that a few games this season. So it's not as if we can put it down to all our emotional or there was a environment within the within the stadium. It can be put into that. There's been a few games this season where we've just no we've just no started. We've just no been on it. And I think maybe people know that. You know, I think teams must know that and say, get in about them the first ten minutes and you're you know you're in with a shoot. So so where would you put it down Um it's uh, is it complacency or as a I don't know that. Is it just? I don't want to say one of these things. So, I find the complacency argument. It's maybe no by what I'm seeing. Um, I don't know if I'm just maybe looking through with blue tinted specs, but I can understand why people are suggesting it's complacency. We've off the back of a unprecedented season, um, an absolute phenomenal run of form. We're the champions. Um, as a as a certain players who choose that found a level and they don't really need to time in increasing that, is that unfair? Um, I'm not sure. It's, no, I don't think it's unfair. I think there's players there that aren't starting. 
well, <clears throat> you can say is they come on to a game. That's the thing. They actually come on to a game and they start playing well once we go 1-0 down. But it's like, what? It's so odd that it needs it takes that to get us gone. We should be like that right from the start. So I don't know if they're just going out with the, the, the tactics in their mind. You know, maybe they're just so focused on, right, we just do what we need today. Maybe that's been getting drilled into them. We just need to focus on our game. We just need to focus on our game. And actually, no, you, you don't. You need to think about, you need to win the, you need to win the first 10 minutes. You need to win the midfield battle and you need to, you know, earn the right to be the dominant team for the for the game. So maybe maybe it's that. Maybe, you know, they're just so focused on, right, we know what we're going to do. We know how we're going to get by this team. Let's go and do it. And they forget about, actually, you need to make sure you're shut up at the back, first of all. Um, it's certainly not, like, I don't know if you're saying by complacency attitude. I would never put it, I don't think it's the attitude. Um, I know there's a few people saying Goldson's last year, his contract, and he's, you know, hung the boots up sort of thing. But I definitely don't think it's that. There's nobody that's no trying. That You know, there's the attitude's spot on for, for me. Um, it really just must be a mental thing of shutting off. But then we, we go and address it. You know, when we go behind, we then go and address it and we're no slowing, you know, throwing balls into the box and trying to get it back in the game. So it's certainly no, uh, yeah, they've no gave up. You know, they're no resting on the laurels going, last season was what, uh, pinnacle and we just need to turn up and do that again. I don't think it is like that at all. I think they're, yeah, I think they are still trying their best. Well, I, I do agree with you. As, as I've said before, that I, I'm really, really in the argument that I'm hearing for other people just to try and, you know, have a look at every um, every point of view. I, I don't see being complacency because I, I, I just don't think Gerard would allow it. I really don't think he, he would. Um, I think I, I don't really know how he how he describe this. Um, it's almost like game management or like a leader stepping up. I think we have seen when we need to step up, when we go a goal behind or two goals behind, you are like it. Having the other last two games, for example, stepping up and right, we need to address this. In some way, what you're saying, maybe we just need somebody who has to, who has to rally around everybody for the first minute. You know, that old football cliche, win the first battle for the first 15 minutes and play our own game. It may be something like that, right? Let's stamp our authority on it. Let's make sure we win the fight and play the football. Um, it may be a case that instead of waiting for when, know, wait, waiting for the team really need the leader, our leaders just should present himself uh, the first minute onwards. And I think they had that last season. I think that's a big difference where there was that on. I'm not saying the hunger's um, not there anymore. It's not what I'm saying, but there's this desperate hunger last year. Where the only thing you could think about was getting over the line with 55. It's a different kind of challenge to go and win back the title than it is to defend it. So I don't know if it's just maybe a wee bit of a, a mindset shift is needed. I think it is. I think it is just mindset. Um, and hopefully, you know, what we've seen in the last couple of games is that we are able, we're capable. We're capable of scoring. So it's just been able to shut it out now. Let's just get this defence sorted because there's just too many too many silly wee errors that are, are gifting people. Gifting people into the game. And once people get in, you know, once teams get into the game against us, and if they did score like they have done, all they do is defend. You know, that's it. They've just got something to cling to. And they'll, you know, it suits them because they'll just put 11 men behind the ball and then it makes it really difficult. Luckily, we are finding the ways through that, but um, aye, you're probably right. You're probably right. Just a wee bit of a mentality shift and maybe they just need a, a kick up the arse before they go out in the first five, ten minutes. Aye. Having said all that, try to look into the deeper the, um, psychology, psychology of an elite athlete. At the same time, I'm looking at the first goal against Aberdeen and thinking, what the fuck possesses you to do that? Um, I, 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 a lot of people around me were 
blaming Lundstrom mainly for that, but I find that the blame has to go to mainly Goldson and um, McLaughlin for giving him the ball um, in first place. He should be there. Aberdeen have obviously seen how how often we like to play this stupid routine and just best high. McLaughlin and Goldson should, should, should be seeing that and launching it right up the park. Aye, definitely. And it's, aye, just launch it. It's their job sometimes. It's just to, I know they're probably getting coached to play it out for the back, but knowing the first 10 minutes, just let's get the, let's get our fit in the ball and let's do the right things first. Um, Put them under pressure so that they're scared to come and press us. That's what we should be doing. They shouldn't be having, they shouldn't have the confidence to come and press us. They should be so camped in their own 18 yard box that they're too scared to come out. But I, I, I think you're right. I think the blame goes to, to Golson for that one. Aye, and then again, I think it was Balligan uh, who loses Scotland of all people uh, for a free header. Um, and I just switching off at the wrong moment at the start of the game. Um, we'll no we'll no dwell on it too much because I'm I'm actually feeling very positive after Sunday's result. Um, and probably jump back to the Aberdeen game as well because I think I think we need to take the positives uh, we, we did we did pull it back I mean in maybe five six months time we could be looking back to that point in Aberdeen and thinking you know what we we called back at point when we needed it um, but uh, but for the the Motherwell goal I'll, I'll no go I'll no dwell on the Avenir um bandwagon everybody jumps on. One thing I want to ask you about is what what I heard um in the pub next to um pod favourite Craig McAdam when the when Motherwell scored. Alan McGregor. There's a few mummers that this is the beginning of the end of Alan McGregor. Um so I've I don't think that's quite I don't think that's quite fair. I think he's made a couple of mistakes. I think he could have done better for the Motherwell goal. But at the same time, I think it might be something to do with how often we're swapping and changing the goalkeepers. Where, where are you sitting in this? It was an early kick-off, wasn't it? Jackie, was it the night before? Was that what it is? No, I don't know why he ended in the pubs criticising McGregor. He must have been pissed very early <laughs> doors. <laughs> we had... Calls from back, we had an early bail. <laughs> no, I don't think you can blame McGregor for that goal at all. I think he was a great save. But I don't know what, he's, what you're expecting him to do. He's, he's saved it, he's pushed it to the side, and he's got up and tried to block it. I mean, how do you... I know you say you never get beat at your near post, but so you, you can't expect him to save that. He's, you know, boys rifled it in for three yards out. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. to position his body a bit better in your post, turning, turning away from In the space of half a second, he saved it and had to jump up because there's no other defenders there to, to clear it. So something should, should be somebody else there to clear that second ball. The, the defending for that corner was ridiculous. There was five guys in the box. Uh, Goldson's away at the back post I don't know what he was doing he wasn't marking his man he wasn't marking the big boy that scored he was in the rank side of him um, we've got two guys man marking the two the two guys that are going to attack it but man marking them and stoning on the 18 yard line Balligan's ran alongside the boy and then just lost his man completely so uh, no, I'm not blaming McGregor at all for that. This, the defence was shocking. It was really, really bad. Um, Goldson, one of our best headers of the ball, should be in the in between the posts at least to go and attack a header. I've no idea why we defended like that. It was a very weird setup the way we done that. I've not seen his date before either. So, um, aye, it was a very odd one. But Goldson should be there to to clear that. So when when, Goldson, uh, when McGregor saves that, Goldson should be there to clear that and he's no, he's ball watching. So, no, all the blame to two centre-halves for me, Goldson and Balligan need to take the blame and there's no fault to be placed in McGregor's door. We'll compromise and say 3% McGregor. 
It was a powerful heater. He had to get down low to save it and he's pushed it to the side. It's, he's done his job and he's up ready to try and block it. So, I, it's the initial save. I totally agree with you. I just feel he could have, could have positioned that wee bit better for the, for the, for the rebound shot. And again, um, I need to be transparent here. I was just raising this as a point that I heard at the pub, but I don't think McGregor's finished. I do think he could have done better for that shot, but the vast majority of the blame goes to the defence for how he conceded that. Never yeah. conceded that. And I actually think that I thought Bargain just looked lost at the um, at the corner. Um, he, he, didn't, he didn't know where he should have been, never mind what man he, he was losing. I'll criticise McGregor, you know, I... I've no qualms. I've criticised him before, but he's kicking. I think his distribution's a bit, a bit poor when he's trying to do, you know, pinging it out to the, the wide areas and things like that. So I've got no qualms about criticising McGregor, but certainly not the weekend. I thought he had, I thought he had a good game. Yeah. So I think we've done enough to end, end in bashing now. Let's um, I let's look a wee bit further forward because I do think it's uh, maybe went under the radar. We did do all right, as I was saying, we did do all right against Aberdeen um, after we went two 0 down. And I think there's probably a, you know, it's probably fair if you're a midfielder or an attacker at Rangers right now to to be thinking, you know, we we are doing our job over the last few games. Um, we, we're getting goals. Uh, sometimes we just need a wee bit of help at the back. I thought we were. Um, it actually took me. I, I had to get talked into realizing how well we were playing um, at Motherwell on Sunday because I was just looking at the scoreline and and my mood and a bit of hangover as well. I must say I was at a wedding the night before, but somebody actually pointed out to me. No, I actually watch a football. It's played really well through, and I, I don't think that scoreline factors at all on Sunday. I, I mean. You, you can't say it took us 30 minutes to get going because we were all over them from the very start. We, we were pressing them, we were doing the right things. O'Donnell gets a yellow card early doors for Sakala. Sakala um, stole it off him, showed good um, acceleration and pace, but also a bit of strength. You know, O'Donnell's a big boy, so to be able to shove him off the ball, rob him of it, and then he was off his mark. You know, he, he wasn't catching him, so he had to pull him back. But that was indicative, you know, we were putting crosses into the box so many times, we were getting down the flanks, you know, Bassi was getting forward, Tav was getting forward, you had uh, Morelos was driving at people, which was good to see, he was actually getting the ball down, looking around, spreading passes really well, I thought he, his link-up was good, I know he didn't score, which in a six-goal ga- uh, six game and your centre-forward doesn't score, you're maybe a bit concerned, but he played well as well, he was linking the play up and I thought he played really well. So I would have a great a great thirty minutes with nothing to show for it, but the signs were there that, you know, the goal's coming. I think uh, just what what you were saying there about um Morella said uh, the link up play and running at O'Donnell. That that's where we've missed. I think that's it was almost a fly a throwback to last season where we didn't need Morelos to step up with the goals. But at the same time, we didn't have to criticise him for it because it was so important to how the midfield and the attack linked up and how he played others into the game. And I think the biggest difference between Sunday and um, Aberdeen, Aberdeen at home was the pace and the was just a willingness to run forward to Sakala and Arfield, but having the vision to time your run at the right times into the right areas. It's something we've not really had uh, much this season. Uh, Ryan Ken and Shaw Ray have shown in glimpses. Ken was obviously well off of form and partly injured. Or Ray, um, he's still very raw, but I think that's definitely been the best, um, best unit we've had out of the Three uh, so far this season because Aberdeen didn't know where to defend. Well, where, where we were uh, sorry, Motherwell didn't know where their attack, where their attack was coming from because it was coming from Aribo, Tav, um, Bassi, Sakala was running at them as well. So there was 
was I was all over attack. It was all over attack. So, and that's what we need. That's what we've been crying out for, you know. Instead of this tippy tappy nonsense, kind of like getting it to the bit byline and then bringing it back again, and you know, nothing that loads of possession, but no actual attacks. And we've been crying out for it for weeks, and I think we've been saying that it's going to click. It's going to click at one point, but um, you have to make it happen. You don't just expect it to happen if you have all the ball. You need to you you need to actually commit defenders, which I thought Aribo was very good at. He was, you know, turning that boy inside out a few times and getting to the byline. And because um, Aribo's been good, I would say. To be fair, I think Aribo's been good the last couple of months. He's he's one of the ones that gets pass marks every game for me. Actually, he's no <clears throat> he's um, been consistently effective. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So I, I thought we'd done I thought we'd done very well in the first half as well and it was just a matter of time before the goals were coming. The, the most pleasing thing with me was the manner, the goals. Completely different goals uh, all the way through, and I think that summed up how Rangers played. And I, I know, I know it's a very lazy comparison, constantly going back to last year when we were at our best. But that's why Rangers were so dominant last year because we were trying different methods of attack. We could cross the ball back, post cross from post from either side. They want to through the middle. We had runners on deep. We had good dribbles and. The reason we were so dominant is <laughs> defences didn't know how to set up, whether it was a low block, if somebody had to press or somebody had to sit down, uh, sit deep or whatever. And that's how we got these goals because Motherwell didn't know what way the attack was going to come from, as you were saying. Um, I think if you, the first goal we scores came from a left-back crossing it to a right-back. That just shows you how, you know, how much pressure we're putting them under. Bassey's getting the ball forward. Cracking cross, I think he picks him out. You know, he's he'd been putting in a lot of good crosses actually. Um, but I to, to the goal itself, he's he's um, he's picked him out. He sees him at the back post. I'm sure of it. Picks him out, and it's a really good uh, volley. I thought it was really powerful. It was controlled and it was placed. You know, which isn't easy to do on the volley. I think or half volley, if you like. But um, it's a really a really clever finish. I thought. And I think credit has to go to Av as well. Um, it would have been so easy for him to drop his head after his party played in the party played in the corner, which led to the goal. But that's something that Av has his critics. He really does. He doesn't have to go looking for them, but he'll never shy away. That's one thing you'll get. He'll he'll show. He'll put the effort in. And I'm sorry, that's what a captain does. A captain in football nowadays isn't somebody who will out at the midfielders to fucking run faster or start pushing other players to try and get a reaction. Some captain, somebody will step up and be counted and lead by example. And me, he's done that the last two games. A goal and assist the last two games when we needed it. Um, I, I can't praise him enough. Right. Then follows it up after the goal. Follows it up with an assist. Great cross again. I get. I think picks him out. I think he sees the gap between the two defenders and picks him. Uh, picks him out. Um, 
Bullet header, uh, absolutely. I didn't know that. I didn't know Sakala had it in him to hit the ball so hard, but he, he, he was up well in between two big centre halves. Um, got up very well, good leap, and then the power he managed to generate on that was very impressive because he didn't put it in, the header didn't go in the corner. The co- it was quite close to the goalie, but it was by him before he could even think about it. Liam Kelly didn't have a didn't even have a chance of getting into that. Um, it was a, aye, a really good header. But um, obviously, that's it was inevitable. Inevitable, we were going to spend a lot of time talking about passions. Let's just start that for now. Uh, is he had a fantastic game, and <laughs> but before we continue with the football, probably my uh, it's probably my favourite of our Ranger songs now. It's so fucking catchy. I know you're no down with the pop music, but it's um, I Shakira's uh, Waka Waka turned into the Fashions of Gala song. Phenomenal song. Um, but what what surprised me most, and I, I'm going to put my hands up and say, yes, surprised how composed he was and how, how assured he looked in the ball um, all, all game, uh, whether it was his link up play, whether he was running out of defence or he's finishing. Because that's all what I've seen for Gala. I've seen somebody who's had the pace, he, you know, he... There's very few in the Rangers team that would match him for pace. Good out ball that way. But he looked, looked a bit comedy at times. Um, I don't think that's unfair, you say, on the ball. Um, but now, after seeing how he turned out on Sunday, I don't know if there's maybe a bit of Nathan Parsons about him, where previously he's just been trying too hard, a wee bit over-eager. Uh, Gerard has said this was the first week he's really settled. He's shown glimpses. I don't know if this is maybe just him finding his stride. Finding his role in the team being settled and how we set up because he was a completely different player from what I've seen so far. I'm surprised that you're saying that. I thought you were a big fan of Sakala. I, I, I could see it in him. I thought he was a player, but I thought you were the same. I thought you had mentioned before that you fancied him as a player. Um, I know he's not been great, but um, yeah, I thought you'd agreed with me in the last few weeks or the last month anyway that, that there was a player in there. Ah, yeah, definitely bad. I'm now seeing him as a as a striker. Like I, I thought I seen glimpses of what he can do as an outball, and I always seen him playing wide left or wide right. If I'm being completely honest, um, and I thought he was, you know, maybe going to be a, another option for him or Scott Ray. But now I've and I, I, I thought there was a, a player in there. I just didn't. I, I thought this was one of the, one of the signings where Rangers have signed somebody in and he'll end up being useful in a different position. But now I really see the value that he, he would bring as a, as a number nine, as a striker. And it surprised me that it did. Because uh, he showed all the characteristics and all three goals. You know, the header and then his goal where he, he teases the boy. You know, he's got fast feet just to find a yard. So he picks the ball up left of centre. And starts to drive at the defence. He's actually got two guys up against him and he shows one of them the ball and just notes it to the side of him. A great wee bit of acceleration. And then again, another wee bit of acceleration just to find himself a yard. And then he's able to put a bit of a fair bit of power in that shot. Slight deflection on it. Um, not much, but there's a slight deflection on it, but I think it was going in anyway. Um so I he's shown he, yeah, he has shown more than what I was, uh, what we've seen so far. So I can understand why there's probably a lot of people having a, a change of opinion on him. Um, but it was always there, and it just took, it was always going to take time for it to click. You know, nobody just hit, comes in and hits the ground running because he's not been getting lots of game time either. You know, he's, he's only been getting bits and pieces here and there. So it's hard to hard to show yourself up as a as a player when you're only getting. You know, ten minutes here when sometimes the game's already won. But um, I he's shown a, quite a lot of characteristics there that could could be a wee, could be a wee diamond in there. Uh, and in top of a fantastic performance on the pitch afterwards, it was so heartwarming seeing how how genuinely happy he was and just such a nice guy he appeared to be in his interview. Uh, the very first thing he said when um, you, you never hear it sounds daft but you never hear a footballer say this congratulations fashion oh thank you and I'm like oh that smile that's when he caught me right in the feels man just a polite well brought up man yeah 
Yeah. And he's getting pre- he's getting praised for the president of the country now. How good was that be? <laughs> president of Zambia has gone, well on me, man. Good goal. Good hat trick at the weekend. What a weekend he's had. <laughs> Aye. Um, only the, the rest of the goals in. Uh, delighted for Dwayne Kamara. He had a goal as well. Uh, mainly so I can take at least a couple of days off of chowing fucking shit. Because as much as Glenn Kamara is fantastic in what he does and is that midfield anchor and driving the ball forward, when he gets to the 18-yard line, he tends to become a different person and just wants to, you know, <laughs> just wants to play the ball across the line, back and forth, played for him to have a pop and get a goal. And I can only pray that it encourages him to do it more. I, I don't like seeing these sort of corners, though. So, you know, it's a short corner. You've got all your guys, all the big guys are in the box and you play a wee short corner. That frustrates the life out of me. But it worked out well. You know, it's probably a tactic, I suppose, that, you know, draw them in. Because it did, it left a lot of space for Kamara to drive into and have that shot. So I guess you do need to mix it up once in a while. Um, but I a very good strike. You're right, he, he does do that, doesn't he? he? He comes to the edge of the box and sort of gets a bit of a nosebleed and tries to find a pass. Is it, he always tries to find a, a, a sensible pass. It's not as if he's just, he doesn't just shit it and turn back. He, you know, he always tries to find a, a thread, a wee slide drill pass in here or try and cut a player out here and there. But I sometimes just have a go, just have a just have a rifle. And it shows that he can hit it. He can hit it. That's the only thing missing for Kamara's game, really. Yeah. A, a knife a goal. Exactly. And, and he's he's scored that his last well, I think he's only scored a handful of Rangers goals. But they've all been like that. They've all been decent nights for outside the box. Well, he had the Benfica goal and then I think there was one against Rock County or something, but it's a bit of deflection. But it's that you know, when you're having a strike for there, then deflection still count and it's you know, it's putting the other team on, the, on that kind of pressure, so I'm all for it. Definitely. And then, what I loved about Rangers is they kept on going. Felt a bit bad watching how the last goal unfolded. You ever, you ever spend fucking all your change in a buggy Graham? You've been at it for ages, pound coin after pound coin after pound coin. You're drafting away and you're, you're chasing the wind because you desperately need it. You sit down, call it quits, and then some bastard comes up, puts one pound in, and takes all your winnings. So, came out roof done to Jack Simpson. Jack Simpson definitely needed that. I keep on saying he gets, he's going to continue to get a hard time because he's no got a lot of credit in the balance. I would have gotten some, but came out roof, the nasty, bullying striker. It was a good heater, wasn't it? He really did. He got up well for it. A really good. Powerful heater, and then Joe reminded me of when I seen him, he wasn't happy with Ruth. He wasn't happy with him stealing it off him. And it reminded me of when Rangers were playing Celtic and David Cooper skinned a couple of guys and he just he laid it on a plate, plate for Durant. Durant went through and put it past uh, Bonner. Great goal, right? Fantastic goal, but it was Cooper that made it. It was Cooper's goal. You could pr- practically say it was Cooper's goal. So Cooper runs up, celebrating, arms wide, waiting for a hug for Durant. And Durant just ran right by him and away up, <laughs> up to the enclosure to celebrate. And Cooper was not chuffed with him. It's like, you could, I don't know if you could lip read it or no, but you could see him, he was not happy. You know, he's throwing the toys like, yeah, wee bastard. He was raging. <laughs> and that's what it reminded me of when I seen it at the weekend. Goldson was, eh, uh, Simpson was up so well, scored a goal. You can probably see the ball hitting the back of the net. Then all of a sudden, Roof just comes in and steals it off him. Like a good striker should do, by the way. Absolutely. Um, and I don't want to criticise him too much yeah, because you want your strikers to be desperate for goals. That's what turns them into great strikers. Um, for Simpson, he's... I have felt sorry for him. But I'm really glad Rangers... Rangers need to start taking advantage of these situations more and more. 
um, where we can put the game to bed well and truly and start getting players more minutes um, because Simpson, there's still a long time till January. Um, you know, it's and I know the jury's still out on them, but we very touch wood, we don't, but there's every chance we may need them. Um, and the, there's a lot of football to be played in November and December, so the more minutes like to him and any other kind of so-called Finch players can get, the better. So the more Rangers can just start putting the aye, putting the, the foot in the throat, the better. Definitely. Just last one last thing on the the goal calling for the, the hat trick was the bravery. I think that needs to come into it as well for Sakala. You know, we're saying he's you know showing a lot of attributes here. That's one thing that you need if you're going to be a striker in Scotland is you're going to be brave because you're going to get clattered. And he was right in there. He was sliding in, ready to take a wallop. And actually, it was a goalie. It was a Motherwell goalie that shot it because Sakala was so committed. You know, so I think that shows a, a, a good thing that we need as well. He's, just, he's got a wee bit of steel there as well. He's not just a he's just he's not just a flair player. Aye, and that's on the face of it, it looks like a bit of a messy goal because it kind of tickles in. I think it's a I think it's a great finish. So well placed, so hard to get that in the bottom corner. That's that could go anywhere. Um, he's he's done well with. Terrific ball in for Davis as well. There's no getting away for that. Um, uh, it was good to see Davis just fall back into that dominant midfield anchor again. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. Really, really brave run and terrific finesse finish. Aye, good, good performance. Definitely what we needed to see because we needed a lift, didn't we? There have been a few sort of bang average performances and scraping victories here and you know, salvaging points and we really needed a, a right good lift and that uh, certainly was one of them. And that's, that oh, kind of leaves me on to the next point about the, how the league's shaping up this season. There's, like I've said before, Hibs and Hearts will be on their day, but they're not going to no going to do a sort of challenge also the Rangers and Celtic. But the way the season's been so far, you're only going to have to be above average to win this league. I don't say if it continues like this, um, and I think I think the expectation that Rangers will hit the heights of last season have to be thrown at the window. We're not going to play how we did every game last season. There may be games where we we absolutely do hit that heights, or some other games where we play an excellent first half or second half, or even thirty minutes here and there. But I think they need to find a, a half decent, decent, half decent level of consistency. We we won't have to be amazing to win this league. Um, we're just going to have to be better than Celtic, and that's it's not going to be the biggest task. I don't think. Yeah, I, I think so. just keep it going. You know, that's as a, a third of the way through the season now. So four points clear, we are third of the season going. Multiply that up. We should we should win the league by double figures. That's if we continue at the rate we're going, so um, and there's nothing to suggest that that won't be the case. Um, Hearts was a that was never going to be sustainable. They were never going to continue that. They're in the position they'll probably end up. They'll finish third or fourth. Dundee United are up there. They're not going to keep that up either. You know they're getting that a wee bit of a new manager effect, if you like, for that the boy courts, but that's not going to be consistent. You can maybe expect Hibs or Aberdeen to be the ones that will climb the table. Um, but yeah, it's a two-horse race again, and I don't see them catching us already. I think we're already opening up a gap, and they'll drop points. They, they, they will drop their points in us, I'm sure. Yeah. And I find the important thing is, is within Rangers' gift uh, to, <laughs> to keep the momentum going. Um, we we spoke about it in part of the pod. It's just these blips, part of matches we need to sort out, and then we've got the talent there to, to go and beat teams by two, three, four, or even five goals as it was on Sunday. So going ahead, uh, next game is a must win as far as I'm concerned. Then uh, for uh, away to Bromby, it's 
going to be, I think, is still going to be quite a different game. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm feeling a lot more confident now than I was last Thursday looking at Burnby, especially now with the potential attacking options. Do you see Rangers lining up for this game? Changes our game when they come out of traps, or do you think it's we should what what we say in um, our battles first and then impose our, our game plan? Yeah, was the big striker at the big tall boy up front was the only one that really um, offered anything for them in the last game. Apart from that, I didn't see anything that was worth worrying about. It was just a sort of a running the mill victory, which you don't usually get in Europe, but. We made it so simple. We just um, played our game. <clears throat> and there's nothing to suggest just because we're going away from home that that needs to change. Yeah, I fancy is for a for a victory. So if we've got any aspirations of finishing second, then absolutely, it's a must win. Because we're going to need to take the three points and then we're going to need to do something against Sparta Prague at... Um, at the return. So, yeah, I think we should be okay. Should be okay um, on Thursday. So, as always, I'll, I'll be in the spot and ask you for your way. Is that prediction time calling, is it? Prediction, aye. Prediction. Uh, we'll go, I've got the same result as the home leg. We'll say 2-0 to Rangers. Sakala, since he's on forum, and we'll also have a let's go for a goal. Sakala and Davis two 0 Would you fancy? I say two 0 but I'll go three 0 Think uh, for me that this is a game. This is a game. Uh, Haji should come in for. Uh, I think uh, Haji, Morelos, and Sakala, your front three. So. I'm going all, all three strikers to get a goal each. Fingers crossed, eh? Fingers crossed. Looking forward to the game. Aye. Uh, it feels like it's been ages since the last European game. I don't know why that is. Has it been a... was it? 21st of October was the last last game. I don't know. It just seems to be a long time ago. But aye, uh, looking forward to it. Never know. Uh, Graham Campbell, he might, he might even uh, give us a wee live report. He's actually gone over. Yeah, we brilliant. Aye, Gavin Few, the international and all that. That's good international roaming reporter. Absolutely, absolutely. But we get paid for call. Well, that'll bring us to our close for this week. All's left to do is all the usual thank yous. Starting with you, Graham. Thanks very much for joining us. Cheers, Colin. Thank you. As always, thank you to all the listeners. We were talking about that week off last week, but we'll be back next week to talk about um, how Rangers got against Ronby and Ross County at the weekend. As always, let us know what you think. Um, leave a comment on Apple, YouTube, follow, follow Instagram, wherever you get the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Take care. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.